and good morning on you. Uh, love your haircut. This elderly woman was invited to a dear friend of her, a lifelong friend of hers house uh, with her and her husband to share dinner. And as the friend starts observing um, the hostess, she is amazed and comments to the hostess that it's amazing to me that obviously your husband must and you must love each other a lot. I mean, you've been married 70 years and still you address him as honey and darling and sweetheart and my precious constantly every time you make a request to them. I'm, I just, I'm astounded. And so the hostess kind of dropped her head and says, well, I'm sorry, I have to confess. I forgot his name 10 years ago and I haven't had the guts to ask him what it is since then. <laughs> Isn't that right, honey? <laughs> oh. Okay, so uh, it is, I believe, a privilege to address Memorial Day uh, because there's a gift therein. Yes, we have this formal Memorial Day, which started a long time ago as uh, a prayer for peace, basically, and some of you, if you don't know the story behind get Memorial Day becoming an actual holiday, it took a long time for it to come official. But look it up because it's worth the study. Personally, I think it, at Memorial Day, it's an opportunity to consider all of the memories we have and those that suppress us and those that empower or enliven us and those that suppress us what if, and I believe this would be the best gift that we could give to the past and the people of the past, experiences of the past, if we learned from each of those events, and as the philosopher Santayana said, those who forget the past are destined to relive it. We learn from that past and we change. We change what we do from that moment forward and not let the emotional baggage, as Ernest Holm would call it, the morbid emotional baggage, we not let that continue to rule us, learn from and evolve, expand, grow, develop, instead of being submissive to those memories. I'll talk more about that in the workshop right after the service this morning. And I encourage you to come and play because what we're going to do is we're going to do some memory transformation so that we can be liberated from fear and guilt and shame and all that stuff. We don't need to carry around any more. What, what would be best serving for all of life is to step more into our individual magnificence and encourage others to do the same. So let's take a look first of here. Memories, friend or foe. By recognizing the nature of memories, we can stop letting them diminish us and instead use them to our benefit. Memories are malleable. I think of themselves, any experience is neutral. But what we decide about that memory, about that experience, 
will make it positive or negative. It gives it charge. And what we decide about those memories sometimes is driven by historic stuff. How many of you have ever been shamed? Delightful experience, isn't it? How many of you have ever felt guilt? I'll talk about and give you an opportunity to reconsider guilt at the workshop. Because there's valid guilt and there's invalid guilt. We like the valid one because that helps us learn and grow. The invalid one is driven by morbid curiosity and <laughs> emotional baggage that we really frankly don't need. A memory by itself is hmm, positive or negative based on what the decisions we have made and what we decide at any time about any given experience is what gives us that experience and the memories of that experience charge. We've got to keep that in mind. It's the decision that we make that makes, it, makes all the difference in the, in the world. So the real question today is how are you using your memory? How are you using your memories, plural, in support of your growth and evolution or further supporting suppression? turning it into repressive memories. So every moment, any moment of now, which today, this moment right now, is as good of this time at any, we can change what we have decided about those memories and start using them to our advantage. How many of you have heard that there are three truths? Yours, mine, and the. The truth is not a function of agreement, people. One of my laws is tell your truth, tell it fast, shovel while the piles are small. <laughs> and you don't have to agree with my truth. When I get up here and I'm preaching and I start ranting about something, I'm just ranting about my truth and my experience of that truth. Whether it's the truth or not is and ought to be questioned. Do you question your truths? I'm not saying become a doubt monger. I'm just saying, do you challenge them? Most people don't. So this is a model I love. There's, I'm, let's go back one. This is a model I love. This is true, this is true. Yeah, your truth and my truth, they're individual truths. And for each of us, we have determined that's the way it is and ought to be. But have you ever come across someone who has a different truth and you guys actually enter the Greek debate model where you argue each other to the place of understanding our individual truths and looking for agreement about them? It's great work between spouses. <laughs> huh, honey? <laughs> so the truth, the truth is what we in this teaching are about learning how to find, how to discover. The truth exists everywhere, every when. And there's one truth I consider to be the most important thing I heard when I had my first experience in a Sunday service in Santa Rosa, California. And that was listening to this barrel-chested oracle say things that I've known since I was 12 and got virtual no, virtually no agreement about. I was looking for agreement instead of just knowing and living from. This teaching helps us to rethink things. It teaches us how to think, not 
what to think. See, we all could have different truths, and in fact we do, but what do we do about them? Do we challenge them ourselves, or do we, you know, challenge other people and, you know, correct them, because obviously they need correcting. Yeah. Okay. A man's failure to question the ideas by which he lives keeps his life as it is. Vernon Howard, he was around a long time ago. <laughs> There's actually a center, or was a little center, in Alpine, over by Payson, uh, a Vernon Howard Center, which he, he was this rugged individualist, this tough-minded, rugged individualist, and he says stuff like this all the time. If you haven't heard of him, he's worth checking out. Anthony Jay, the uncreative mind can spot the wrong answers, but it takes a very creative mind to spot the wrong questions. Okay, let's take a look at that. How are you using your memory? Do you use your memory with questions that diminish? What's wrong with me? That's a popular one. What's wrong with me is a shame-based question. Ever had a parent say to you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what were you thinking? No, no little kid has a clue what they're thinking. They're just, they're doing to experience. And who, are they gonna challenge the giant and saying, I was thinking I better do that? <laughs> yeah, kawak in some cases. Those who have experienced corporal punishment, absolutely. What's not only wrong with me, what's wrong with this picture? Obviously, there's something wrong here. Well, what about perfection? Everything is absolutely perfect based on the thinking that caused it to be that way. Everything, including our own points of view. What could go wrong? Now, that's an encouraging and positive approach to life. What could go wrong? What if I fail? Great way to find out. Do it anyway. So more positive questions that we could use that empower us, what's the message in this for me? You look for and claim your own personal responsibility that maybe the message is, I got my thinking all miswired. I bought into something a long time ago and I never challenged it and I've been living accordingly because that's what we do, people. We live from that. What's the gift in this situation? Could there be a gift and a negative in life? What we would call a negative experience. Something that happened, we did not like it one whit. But rather than asking negative questions to diminish us further and conclude that there's something wrong with us or wrong with our thinking, there's nothing wrong with you. You just misplaced your wisdom. <laughs> and that doesn't mean you're, there's something wrong with you. You just misplaced it. It's there. Spend some time and rediscover it, refine it, and then reinforce it. What can I learn from this? It, it's a horrible thing to be wrong. There's a huge gift in it. Somebody else gets to be right. <laughs> yeah. We have a, a, a phrase we exchange, and when one of us has stood firmly that this is what's actually true. 
and the other one has finally revealed to them that this is bad information, then what we do is say, oh, the sweetest words are spoken, honey, I was wrong, you were right. What's the most loving thing to do? Now, there's a challenge there. Love, in my book, is not the sweet, gushy, pablumy stuff. Love is direct. The best word to use as a synonym for love, in my, esti in my estimation anyway, is acceptance. Not tolerance, acceptance. Taking that next step deeper into full acceptance and which love is the most important? Not of another, of self. Accepting oneself as you is, which includes as you ain't, okay? Anything can be learned from. Any experience can give us fodder for our growth and our wisdom development, anything. What I look from is what I get, what I look from factualizes as my life. So what are you looking from? Are you looking from a shame base? Are you looking from I'm always wrong? Are you looking from I'm gonna be rejected anyway, so may as well reject them first? This is challenging stuff, people. That's why it's one of my laws, my truths. We fill in the blank and make up stuff about what something means, and then we live from that place, we live from that story, whether it's factual or not. Are you a loser? Go like this. <laughs> you're not a loser. Have you ever thought you were? Well, if, you, if you're a human and you're over about 15, absolutely you have. You have thought that you're a loser because you failed at things, but old story. I knew a guy who was a truck driver and bodybuilder. He's this massive dude. He's about as tall as Jackson and about buffed. I mean, he was Schwarzenegger. And anyway, a friend of mine at a barbecue told Rob, Rob, you are such a slut. And Rob said, look, because I have slutted does not make me one. Because I have failed does not make me a failure. Because I have lost does not make me a loser. Because I've done something stupid and idiotic doesn't make me stupid or idiotic. It's an act that can be learned from. But if you take it inside and put it on yourself, your soul, what's wrong with me? Then it gets bigger Every single moment it gets reconsidered. What we live from is the function of how we define ourselves, our life, other people, uh, the world, and our relationship with all of that. That's what we're looking from. These are our core beliefs, the things that we challenge if we're paying attention. If we're paying attention. Okay. Ernest Holmes, almost invariably our negative reaction to life, our unhappiness, and perhaps most of our physical disorders are based on unhappy experiences that are buried, but buried alive in our memory. They are ever-present. 
And to the degree that we revisit them, they become animate. They start operating as us. Yesterday can have, back up one, <laughs> thank you. We'll figure this out. <laughs> Yesterday can have no reality to us other than our reaction to it. Other than our reaction to it. No matter how you have used your memory of an event up to this point in time, you can always and at any time decide anew, that's important, anew how to use that memory now and every moment hereafter. Are you willing to do that work? Are you willing to reconsider your memories? Are you willing to consider your reactions? I mean, reactions, learning martial arts, you want to do it so many times that your reaction is what you do. You don't want to have to think about it. You start deliberating about something, then you lose. You get hit. You know, the secret to martial arts is when a punch is thrown, don't be there. And if you can don't be there way before anything even looks like that, that's even more better. So any moment in the future. No matter how you have used your memory up to this time, of any event, you can always and at any time decide anew how to use that memory now and every moment in the future. And the, the question I offer to you is, are you willing to do whatever you need to do in order to move beyond the previous reaction? Those reactions are quick. Emotional reactions are quicker. And emotional reactions are absolutely strong enough to make us believe that they're true, that the event the experience, the decision we made, and our revisiting of that becomes an automatic thing that smacks us down. It's the greatest disservice we can do to our memories, to events of the past, to the people in our past that we'd still like to make wrong. Are you willing to be responsible for your memory of an event? and to change it accordingly because here you are as the power, the presence, the intelligence of the divine every single moment operating in it as you, as it? Are you willing to take responsibility for that godness that lives as you? Are you willing? It's a challenging thing in this philosophy to say, or to hear, more importantly, you're God. Not in a sense of bigger than anything else, but you live in and as part of that. If you take Genesis and look at it as a personal story, all of a sudden it takes on a whole new meaning about how crazy we can be. And we create something, and if what we did instead was say, it's good. No matter how messed up it looks to somebody else. Are you willing to challenge your memories in such a way that you get liberated more and more each day? Bless you. Let's move into our treatment for this morning. And that starts with knowing that each and every single person lives in God, in the infinite. 
in the infinite power, presence, and intelligence that we call the characteristics of the divine. So I know that about myself. I know that about every single person here, indeed, everyone. That knowing becomes my fromness. That's what I know from. And so as I look out onto life and looking eyes wide open at life, I see things, I notice if I critically judge them, and I release that critical judgment. I step, in, I step into a deeper acceptance because I do know deep within me that that critical judgment started with myself. And I could be wrong. So I let the truth bubble up inside of me. I let the truth dissolve those misunderstandings. I let the truth dissolve the notion of my truth is the only truth and everybody else has to walk my truth. I step into the infinite knowing that as a responsible expression of God, I choose wisdom. I choose that innate power. I choose to live as the presence of the divine with all the love, the peace, the joy, the creativity, the beauty that lives from there as me, as all. So with deep gratitude, on this simple reminder of Memorial Day, with deep gratitude for this sharing, this time together, and the support that comes from it, I simply let these words take form. I let them be. I step into life in full joy. And together we affirm this by saying, and so it is. <laughs>